Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. In 2023, the year of our Lord. It certainly is. It's the year of video games, some would say. Well, other than Ubisoft, you might say, because they are not having a very good time. In a very recent press statement, uh, they just outlined that things aren't going very well no. for uh, Ubisoft Towers. Um, so, yes, during a recent press release, Ubisoft announced that they've cancelled three unannounced upcoming games and they've delayed Skull and Bones yet again uh, from its March 9th release date through into the 2023. Hey, you could have seen that one coming, have <laughs> Uh, into the 2023 to 2024 fiscal year, um, which only potentially means that it's getting delayed a month because yes. the fiscal year um, for those years are between April 2023 and March 2024. I doubt that. I think <laughs> it'll be later in the year, uh, if not next year. Um, and they also want to save around $200 million through targeted restructuring, divesting some non-core assets and through natural attrition. Um, attrition's definitely happening. Um, and so we got a comment from uh, co-founder slash CEO Yves Guillemot who said, we are clearly disappointed by our recent performance, we are facing contrasted market dynamics as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and everlasting live games in the context of worsening economic conditions affecting consumer spending. That'll be why God of War and Elden Ring did really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, mega, yeah. mega brands. This, uh, that's one of the most dystopian sentences I think I've ever <laughs> heard or read indeed in my life. Like the idea the of the mega corps are coming for yeah, yourself the, now. The shift towards <laughs> mega corps, the shift towards mega brands. Like Whoa. mega brands can make a lot of money. You yes. know, like you said, you know, like stuff like God of War is a mega brand. Stuff like yeah. Elden Ring now, I would pay potentially yeah. argue is getting to the level of mega brand, but even Elden Ring itself is a new IP. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. something, yes, it's trading on what From Software had put out in the past, of course, but it's something new. It's not relying on being Dark Souls 4 no. in the way that I imagine Ubisoft is referring to mega brands here, relying on Assassin's Creed, relying on Far Cry, mm. and evolving those rather than taking a punt on anything new. Mm. And you could say that they're taking a punt on Skull and Bones, but if you look into the alleged production of Skull and Bones, the reports suggest that it's more of a contractual agreement yes. to get that thing out rather than something they want to do, and probably something they might have cancelled considering how many of the games they've cancelled so far. <laughs> just, a, just a dystopian thing all around Scott Silver that I'm sure is. we're going to jump into, but what's your reaction We will. There's also a difference between giving something a punt and just kicking it. I ah. feel like a punt sort of launches something and moves it, but like you're just kicking it and hoping it moves a little bit to remind all of us 
there's some life in there in Skull and Bones. Um, but yeah, it feels like I mean the thing is, and when it comes to mega brands, that makes me think of Star Wars, makes me think of Marvel, mm. makes me think of all the biggest things in the gaming space. Like you said, they have Assassin's Creed, they have Far Cry, um, and for whatever reason, the Ubisoft formula they just start injecting that into literally everything. I remember laughing when the Crew Two had it. Yes, you were like going to towers in the Crew Two to unlock parts of the map and everything. Um, but yes, for this new thing, um, we'll get to some of the games that Ubisoft, um, you know, have said are potentially coming that I now just don't believe are going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in regards to this new report and we had a little bit of a comment from Jeff Grubb uh, from Giant Bomb a uh, notable insider Jeff Grubb um, saying that everything is on the table when it comes to downsizing um, and also talking about the idea of, uh, of being acquired as well um, which I never really thought of I always kind of thought that Ubisoft was so much their own entity they managed to stave off the Vivendi acquisition yeah. um, of a good few years ago but what do you think of Ubisoft just going like we're actually just a bunch of franchises and they just go to Game Pass or something listen this time last year I would have said there was no chance of Activision being acquired True. because they're too big and look what happened then Ubisoft mm. is not as big as Activision even though they are one of the biggest publishers in the space mm. I think anything is possible right now and where Ubisoft is right now I just think they're at a point where they could feasibly sell because they have a lot of work ahead of them clearly yep. with all of these games and all of this restructuring and would it be better to just hand that off to someone else who can then use that IP because I don't think and this is me being very pessimistic this approach to mega brands and live services across all of their titles making fewer but bigger games mm. I just don't see how that's going to work Scott Tailford I just don't <laughs> see how that's go- how like they mentioned in the big kind of like press release to shareholders and investors and whatnot yes. you know, Eves was talking about about how the games, the franchises that they have right now, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Tom, all the Tom Clancy stuff, they're talking about restructuring Rainbow. all of those and, and adapting to, you know, the global trends, which yeah. means live service, which means these everlasting games in Eve's own words. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if all of those franchises are going to shift to live service games, like, how, like, do, does a who wants this? Who wants that in Far Cry? <laughs> who, who wants for this? that in Assassin's Creed? Who wants that across all of those titles? Some of them, sure. But if that's your entire business model, yep. if 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 the audience suddenly decides they don't want that, you've suddenly got six, seven franchises that are following suit, and all of those games are not going to come out at the same time. Then what do you do with those games that are in development? It's a big risk, I think. And judging on how they've chased trends in the past, mm-hmm. looking last year and the year before mm-hmm. with the likes of X Defiant or that other Ghost Recon game that they announced. That were swiftly swept under the rug hyperscape all of that stuff you know that was them following trends and they're just kind of committing now to follow trends even more and I'm like how it's not worked before it's not a business model the idea of a test audience is you're supposed to lead with something and then maybe you want to refine it later you don't go to the test audience first and go for the lowest common denominator or the biggest widest net possible there's no curative anything there and yeah I think that whole idea of you know what can we get in on how can we cash in on this and we saw that even the likes of X Assuming yeah. that's still coming, like that's this weird Call of Duty Overwatch hybrid thing. Um, but yeah, I don't feel good about the future of Ubisoft. And we were saying last night when this was kind of breaking, when was the last time you really loved an Ubisoft game? Like I was a fan of Immortals Phoenix Rising. I thought that kind of scratched a little bit of the breath of the wild itch. But if you talk about the games that got everyone talking, that's going way further back to like Far Cry 3, Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood. Um, unless I'm missing something. I know that obviously Far Cry 4 was solid. Yeah. 5 was solid. They were fine. But in terms of the, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this on the level of the other AAA stuff in the industry, I feel like it's been ages since Ubisoft had that space. 
Um, and it's not that they, I'll just say it's not that they don't deserve it. It's been ages. It's yes. been so long. I feel like they could do a lot better. Um, I will throw in here as well, um, Kotaku's Ethan Gak tweeted that uh, co-founder, again, Yves Guillemot, um, had emailed all the staff uh, as this was doing the rounds, saying that the ball is in their court uh, when it comes to delivering on the various IP that they do actually have and they do want to continue with. And he said, today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. Skull and Bones ain't it, Eve. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, when it comes to the IP and the coders and the art departments and everything else, yeah. they are so connected and so shackled to these IP that aren't going to save the company. No. Skull and Bones ain't going to be the thing to dredge Ubisoft out of the current miasma they're in. Um, I just don't see that. I don't see that ever happening. Never in a million years. And it's interesting because the kind of, not excuse, but the mm. reasoning behind the delay in this like kind of release in the statement is that apparently um, players are going to be surprised with how good Skull and Bones looks right now and they want to give it more chance to have a bigger marketing push behind it and they think that once we see the gameplay which you know might happen you know anything is possible that suddenly we'll be like oh my god Skull and Bones is a thing I need to buy right now but I just just don't see it and it's not because of Skull and Bones even in itself it's because of everything that Ubisoft has put out Mm. over the past few years like you said they have released some good games. I liked Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I don't think they've released an amazing game, a truly amazing game since Far Cry 3, maybe? <laughs> For my money, They it sort would of be. like turned game releases into fast food, and it's not that that can't be short-term yes. satisfying, but you know exactly what you're getting, and at some point, it's just not that satisfying. And um, if you want something that is going to sustain you or going to make you loyal to that brand or whatever, um, yes. I was just going to say, that's, yes. that's the main issue, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with this entire approach to restructuring. If you focus on fewer games but bigger games, those games inherently have to be safer bets. Totally. They inherently have to be more appealing to a mass market and Ubisoft games right now are already smoothed out they're already (laughs) incredibly mainstream they're already incredibly um, boring chases and yeah to put it bluntly boring you know exactly what you're going to get like you mentioned and if that's only going to get worse because there's more pressure on each of these individual releases I don't see how that can inspire gamers you know what I mean it's like like Cliffy B coming out with what was that game that he had Lawbreakers (laughs) in trying to chase or Radical Radical Heights or whatever you know trying to chase a trend that's already been established Mm -hmm. when has that ever worked there have been some success stories Mm -hmm. but I just the gaming needs something new Oh, dude! Like I, something new. I'm all, I, I feel like I say this way too much. Where I'm all like, "Where's the new thing? Yeah. Can we get? Where's the new thing that we can have fun with that, ha- that does some sort of gameplay idea that we've not seen before?" And I'm always harping on about that. Um, go subscribe to the What Culture Gaming podcast. But um, also throw some stuff in here in regards to the last few years of Ubisoft. Um, I remember this cataclysmic fall they had back in 2019 and um, where their operating income was down 93%. Yeah. Um, that was a horrific year for them. That was the year that Far Cry New Dawn, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Trials Rising and The Division 2 all came out and largely all underperformed yes. um, leading to a massive drop off in their um, sales and everything. Was yes. that, they say, I was just going to ask, was that the same year where they then delayed a bunch of games to get them Did, right? Yeah, like, to be like, like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, this has gone wrong. Let's delay a bunch of games, hopefully change. And I remember saying mm. at the time, sorry to jump into this point, no, like, oh, maybe that's that's optimistic. They're yeah. finally realizing. They're listening. And then we got Exify and then we got, you know, <laughs> Hyperscape. Hyperscape, yeah. The thing is, and that was the thing I was going to say, is that last year was the year that they canceled Splinter Cell VR. They canceled Ghost Recon Frontline, which both games, I mean, as much as I love Splinter Cell, it doesn't really fit a VR mold as the most immediate go-to. If you're going to mm. sort of remind the populace why this thing exists, then we got an announcement of the Splinter Cell, you know, remaking itself, which we're going to get to. 
Um, but there is all that, and then Ghost Recon Frontline just felt like them going like, oh, we should do a Battle Royale, because yeah. why not? Even though they should have done that back when they had um, Wildlands, or they could have done it with Breakpoint or something. Um, both those games got cancelled, Splinter Cell VR and Ghost Recon Frontline, last year in 2022, and the service for Hyperscape got shut down as well. So all this weird sort of trend chasing, maybe this is it, maybe this is the thing people want. Yeah. Clearly their um, hyper-analytical approach, algorithmic approach, isn't working. And some safe bets can work, God of War Ragnarok. But at the same time, I think that eventually on a long enough timeline, you need to do something new. And it's been 10 years since Skull and Bones got put into development. And even then, it was only because the bit, the bits of Assassin's Creed Black Flag that we liked. Yeah. That we should do a whole game of that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My question is, yes. and, I, and, I, and it's going to sound maybe facetious or jokey, but it's it's like a genuine, sincere question. Yes. How much money does Ubisoft want or need to make? Like, how much money does the company deem, mm. um, you know, viable in mm. the modern age? Because they're talking about these mega brands. They're talking about games underperforming, which mm. we've heard so many times from so many different companies in the past. And it's a classic Stephanie Sterling saying that, you know, these companies don't want to just make money. They want to make all the money totally. they can possibly get in anything under all of the money in the entire world. <laughs> is disappointing to mm. them and that's what i see when i see this statement it's like yeah all of these games are underperforming but in what way like mm. are they not making money are they only turning a little bit of a profit mm. or are they you know just breaking even like we don't currently know how much of a profit margin do they want do they want to be making you know 600 million dollars in profit with every single game and why isn't it viable to release a game that you know is maybe more of a modest hit mm -hmm. but still a hit and still bringing in money that's when it becomes for me mm -hmm. like growth for the sake of growth and yes. i think we're in 
in an insane period right now where it's always been true that, you know, companies like this, you know, big or small, have been chasing as much money as possible. But it feels so blatant now across in many different mediums, if you go over to the movie and TV um, industry for a second, you know, you've got entire projects being written off, even though they're completed for tax reasons to save some money. It just is so naked right now. Yes. In a way, I don't think it's ever been. And the shift to mega brands, uh, to me, is just another indicator that we're getting further and further away from the kind of diversity in the portfolio and the creativity of new IP that yeah. used to make gaming so... Appealing. A million percent. That's the thing that I've always said about like the idea of just they have a cool idea, a cool gameplay mechanic, a cool story, whatever. Green light that thing and believe in that project. If I talk about the Ubisoft games that I remember from the last 10 years, after, you know, obviously you immediately go to the likes of Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, but it is things like Child of Light. It is things like Valiant Hearts. It is things like Grow Home. Like there are little smaller projects that still made a comfortable amount back. Yeah. It's just that at some point someone says, well, that's not enough. And we need to, we need to make sure that every one of these bets we're placing are bigger so we can have bigger returns in theory. But there's much bigger losses associated with that but like you said that's everywhere the Netflix have got such a reputation now for cancelling shows after one season yes. because they just don't want to buy into the whole thing it's not curated properly um, even something like 1899 which is why I'm dancing around there um, felt studio mandated to some degree it's like let's put a pop song at the end of every episode to make sure we can tick that little algorithmic right. box um, things like that where I feel like you said it's so naked it's so obvious yeah. like mass market let's make this work for everyone and it falls apart that's it right and sorry to keep going over to the movie and TV realm do it I think about something like Breaking Bad right yes. that had four seasons where it was a critically acclaimed show mm-hmm. but barely anybody was watching it like it's viewer there, numbers yeah. was like in one or two one or two millions which for a show like that you know, in, it's healthy, but it's mm. not a mega brand. Mm. And then suddenly, when it came to season five, it had done so well, it had accumulated such strong word of mouth that then it skyrocketed. Yeah. Then we got to five million viewers, ten million viewers for the finale, mm. and it became this brand that everyone knew. Mm. To me, something like that in the gaming space just cannot be allowed um, the chance to succeed mm. anymore because it's either make all the money in the world in the first week or the first month otherwise you know why bother We're not no gonna one's care. ever gonna care yeah no one's ever gonna care mm-hmm. if, if people don't care immediately nobody's ever gonna care and I think that's why we've shifted towards franchises mm-hmm. because there's already proof that people do care and there's an inbuilt audience and there's an expectation that it will sell all the money in the world for that opening weekend mm-hmm. but if you want to start something fresh it's gonna take time it's gonna take investment mm-hmm. and I just don't think companies are willing to risk that anymore because it mm-hmm. might hurt the bottom dollar and it might not get them all of the money instantly it's kind of it's not a get rich quick scheme <laughs> but it's not entirely far removed from that because it's like how how can we optimize every release how yes. can we get as much money as possible and it is mega brands and that's the just the decision right now that's the thing you can feel it you can feel i mean it, i obviously have to, i have to assume that there are more factors that go into these decisions but it does feel nakedly obvious to just keep doing the safe bet over and over and over again and once the mass when any mainstream audience catches on to that they're just not going to respond to it hence their horrific fiscal results across the last few years and especially last year and now they're canceling different things that whole idea though of you know what you're setting in motion has to make the money back a lot of us can read the tea leaves right now and actually tell you that skull and bones won't make the money back but for whatever reason they still want to keep going with that and it just feels like overall they need a they need to have a good old sit down and be like what are we even here for are we in this business for the right reasons are we still doing it and because of what we know why we set off in the first place and what kind of ips do we actually want to put out there speaking of specific ips uh, there are three specific projects I want to talk about here because I feel like 
And these would be the ones that I would assume would be on the chopping block, but okay. so far they've not been confirmed. One is the Splinter Cell remake, something that has been handled weirdly. I feel like there were very recently there was the uh, Ubisoft Belgium account just tweeted out the word Splinter Cell with a picture of the goggles, uh, Sam Fisher's goggles. I feel like I have to reference what that is. Yes. Because some people might not even know what the hell Splinter Cell is at this stage. It's been 10 years since the last one. Um, oh, but God, still, yes. I know, 2013 um, for Blacklist. And so with that, it's like they're still going ahead with Splinter Cell. And the way that they've sort of marketed the remake is obviously they got out there, they did a blog post. And and they did a nice little sit down with some of the original staff members. They said, what was it like coming back to Splinter Cell and everything on the Ubisoft channel? And I was like, okay, it kind of feels like you guys care a little bit. Yeah. This is quite nice. Um, it's almost like what EA are doing for Skate. They're sort of building a nice little community around that IP. However, I don't buy that the wider structure of Ubisoft, the wider money people at the top, aren't looking at that and going, that's not going to make enough money yeah. and just get rid of it. Yeah, I kind of agree. In, in this, I am in this stage. worried after this mm. for the likes of that Splinter Cell game, for the likes of Prince of Persia. I'm yes. not sure if you've got that written down. As I well, might, but I might do. I look at those kind of like games that are, you know, even when Splinter Cell's remake was first announced, like the reports around it, you know, mm. substantiated or not, I'm not entirely sure, but the rumors and the reports coming out was that that was more to kind of for Ubisoft to get a win, to go back to a beloved franchise yeah. and say, look, we're remaking this. We've, we still we're here appreciate, yeah, we hear you. We yeah. still appreciate these franchises, but yeah, under the new model, I don't know how that can exist because <laughs> Splinter Cell is a beloved brand for people like you and I, yep. but it's not. A mega brand in a remake of a stealth game that is, you know, decades old at this point, mm -hmm. isn't going to sell the same as the next live service Assassin's Creed. So I don't know how they can say this and keep that in development. Like it would, it would absolutely suck if it was cancelled, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, like the writing is on the wall in that sense that that might come out mm -hmm. and they might commit to it, but I don't think we see that repeated in the future with another franchise or maybe a second Splinter Cell game that gets remade. I think no. if, if they do commit to it, mm -hmm. that's it. And we never see them do it again <laughs> for the next five years. It's like, it's one of the only cards they've got left to play in terms of like, what franchise have we not stretched out to death? And even then back in 2013, people hated Blacklist, even though it is a very, very good stealth game. Um, it's still a lot of ground to make back up. Um, yes, the next one down that I had was Prince of Persia, the Prince of Persia remake from Ubisoft Mumbai that did get restarted, or at least it was notably overhauled after it was initially shown to people a couple of years ago. Because um, it just came in undercooked. Like yeah. the graphics were very subpar and it didn't really feel like the return to form that it needed to be for a franchise that big. Like if you look behind the scenes, Prince of Persia became Assassin's Creed. That was initially the, the whole idea was that they would do, I assumedly Prince of Persia, maybe colon Assassin's Creed or something. Yeah. And it became that IP. Um, but I always love Prince of Persia. I feel like there's enough there to tap into if you're going to do the Activision remake thing of, remember when we had all these things, <laughs> do a Splinter Cell, do a Prince of Persia, go back to Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, it felt like that was an easy win, but then they kind of stumbled. And it's like, are they going to keep putting money into this? If we're talking about projects that are uh, teetering, yeah. I don't know how much they really care about doing a remake of Prince of Persia. I don't either, but mm. because it's already out there in the same way that the Splinter Cell game is, True. I think, you know... They might get too much negative PR for cancelling those titles. Maybe. And presumably they are re relatively long in development. So maybe mm. they do, like I said, just put it out, mm. you know, say, well, we did that. And now we're focusing on all of this stuff and we're never going to do that ever, ever. Just ever dance again. is just around the corner. Just dance, which is underperformed, by the way, according to this. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. around the corner. That was the thing that uh, I could have mentioned earlier on was that two specific games they cited from the end of last year were Just Dance and Mario and Rabbids. Both came in uh, under expectations. The last project on here that has always felt like the most unwieldy thing that was only green because they were staving off the acquisition from Vivendi a few years ago is Beyond Good and Evil 2 um, something that according to reports various staff members didn't even know they were working on until they <laughs> saw the release trailer for it um, I think some of that was debunked but I like the lull of that yeah. sitting well, at home going like ah, 
am I? That's my name. Even, am I doing that? Even then, I remember when they re-announced it and they showed that little snippet of gameplay. Yep. Like, that was... And I'm, I'm certain I can quote this. Day zero of yes, development. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was We're literally the starting point of it. And we've heard nothing about it since. And it's like, <sighs> guys... Just ca- like just that one, I wouldn't even be mad if they did cancel it. Right, like, right. just stop. Why does that exist? And, 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 and I mean that sincerely. If it's never going to come out, if you're not really committed to it, and you kind of reboot it all the time, and you keep fans dangling on, wh- why? Like, just put people out of their misery at a certain point. Unless it does become a skull and bones, and we get you know another five years that pass, mm-hmm. and then it does eventually come out, and they say, look, it's, it's going to be really good. But to me, I like. It just feels like a weight around their neck. Well, it's point. been... I'm just thinking about this. It's been 20 years since Beyond Good and Evil 1. That's crazy. 2003. So as much as it is a cult classic, and it always got an audience over time, like, it, it's one of those titles that the vast majority of people will not care about. And, you know, they try to pivot into yeah. space exploration and everything. But even that is a massive uphill battle. It's not a mega brand, is it's it? It's not a mega brand. Maybe it could have been one, but the fact that it's a two is that kind of implies, oh, you need to play the original. But by the way, it's 20 years old. Um, so yeah, Ubisoft are in one hell of a position right now and it's not one we didn't see coming. That's it, right? And I do want to end this video by saying it's not just Ubisoft. They are like the most recent example of this shift in mentality. But if you look to even a year ago or two years ago, Mm. Sony was saying the same thing. There was that Bloomberg report that um, revealed The Last of Us Part 1 was being made. And in that report, they said that, you know, even at Sony... It's difficult to get a new IP off the ground now. They are focusing on their biggest brands and trying to double down on them to make the most money possible. Mm -hmm. So this mentality isn't new. It just sucks to see, you know, them admitting that, yep, in the future, (laughs) all we're going to do is focus on live service. We're going to chase global trends and we're going to focus on mega brands. When you see it written out like that, it just kind of, it drives it home that this isn't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, the mentality shared mostly across the board. I would say as well, as my like final thoughts on it, it's that they need to help establish the middle tier. There's a middle tier of gaming that we barely ever talk about because you have the whole bedrock of indies, you have the sort of like smaller production budgets, you have the AAA stuff that costs an insane amount of money, and a few like anomalies at the very top, like the Naughty Dogs and the Rockstars. But in the middle is the likes of Hellblade, is the likes of the indie bu- the indie games that come in with a bit of a budget, like Sifu, something that's stands out. Ubisoft have enough goodwill if they tap back into it and just sort of ditch all the weird algorithmic, the stuff that we know isn't going to sell. Um, and d- and dive back into the likes of the Valiant Hearts, the Raymans, the games that you know built characters and fandoms in the first place, and help just be that middle tier. Like you said, it comes back to how much do they need to make. Yeah, they need to, they do need to appease, appease their shareholders, but at the same time, I feel like it doesn't need to be one or the other necessarily. I feel like they could carve out their own space, um, kind of like how Devolver have. I know they're a publishing house, but there's a whole idea of a game that's associated with Devolver as being that middle tier. And why not have someone as big as Ubisoft help push that forward? Yeah, like there's such a whole market in the middle there that isn't seventy pounds you know, or $70 that they could easily just dominate. And the tragedy of that, I think, is that we were optimistic that they might do that with the announcement of all of these Assassin's Creed yeah. games. They were talking about how they now have the opportunity to, you know, go back and give us a smaller, more focused Assassin's Creed mm. in the same vein as, you know, the originals. And that's what we're getting this year with Mirage. Mm. But are those quotes now redundant under <laughs> what we know from this release? I don't know. I don't even know what state Assassin's Creed's in. I feel like they announced so many different projects. There's all the different code names like Project Red and Jade 
made, like the, the, the Edo Japanese one and the Chinese one. And it was that whole idea of announcing so much stuff in advance. And then they tried to fill out that infographic thing of exactly yeah. what's coming, but it was all very vague and TBA and whatever. So over to you down in the comments below, what state do you think Ubisoft's in? Do you want, how do you see them getting out of this? And what do you actually want to see when it comes to all the different franchises that they have? For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 